Hello and welcome to another episode of the Prop Swap Podcast. We are your hosts, Ian Epstein. And Luke Pergandy. And we are also the founders of PropSwap, the first marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We've got a Super Bowl extravaganza for you. Uh, Going to do a little story time. Going to go over the action report so far over the last week. Uh, but first, I thought I would just mention the the origin story of prop betting because it has grown so much. Uh, Luke, do you are you familiar with the the origin story of, of prop betting? I'm more familiar with it because of my uh, fandom. Um, but I don't want to ruin it here for everyone. So I am more familiar because of my allegiance to a certain team. Sure. And, and the fact that you, uh, you work in sports betting. So it's, it, it is a story every year. Um, but, uh, just quickly, uh, 1986 Super Bowl, uh, Bears versus Patriots. The Bears were an overwhelming favorite. Uh, and so the, the head bookmaker at, uh, at Caesars Palace was just trying to think of ways to drum up other business. Uh, and Refrigerator Perry was a rookie defensive lineman uh, and was already a, a fan favorite with the public. Uh, and the Bear- Dicka had run a few plays that season where uh, Perry was a lead blocker as fullback but never touched the ball. Uh, and then so the, the Caesars bookmaker decided to hang a prop about whether or not Perry would score a touchdown. Like not just like have a carry, which is I feel like what you would see these days, but would he score a touchdown? They opened the odds at 20 to 1 that Perry would score a touchdown. By game time, it was bet down to two to one. Uh, and then, as I'm sure everyone's familiar with, the Bears were already up 38 to three. Uh, Perry came in the game, scored a touchdown on a one-yard run. Uh, and according to that bookmaker, Caesars lost in the low six figures on that prop, which you know may not seem like a big deal today, but in 1986, on the first ever prop, you know, not the best feeling to, to, to lose that much money, right? And so uh, he, he goes on to say that the next day the chairman of Caesars uh, called him and he, you know, assumed that when he picked up that phone, he was just going to get berated and yelled at. But instead, uh, the chairman praised him for all the media attention that they were receiving, right? Just all the news outlets were, were picking up the story. It was just kind of fun, fascinating. And we were kind of off to the races uh, on prop betting and now – Literally thousands of prop bets uh, on on this game. Um, what? Yeah. So I mean, is it is it uh, is it? Do you think it's normal? Like the amount of prop bets that are being offered, or and like are we like where 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 are we going to plateau on this whole thing? <laughs> um, I, I can't answer where it's going to plateau. I think we're probably about that. Like when you're giving out sheets of bets on one specific football game, we're probably at um, at that uh, at that trough. Um, but, um, you know, like to me, and we tell, I tell every beginning sports better that this is your week to find a really sharp number because betting on the AFC or NFC championship, you know, like Eagles minus three, like there's billions of dollars getting wagered on each side on the Eagles and then on the Niners and the NFC championship last week. But in this situation, you may find a bet that only has like, 50,000 bucks wagered on it. You know, some weird prop on, you know, uh, Jalen's completions in the, you know, the first play of the third quarter. Like, you may find a bet that just doesn't have that much action on it. So, as such, it's not that sharp of a number. So, I tell every 
person that's into sports betting, like you don't have to bet the NFC Championship, you don't have to bet the AFC Championship. You can take some weeks off, but look at those Super Bowl props because there's just there's numbers that these books are just spread so thin at that you can find a little edge. Yeah. Um, yes, you can absolutely find a sharp number, but uh, you can also get suckered into some uh, bets that look enticing, uh, but are actually just complete complete traps. And uh, you know the the plus number there is is there to, to kind of sucker you in. So uh, you have to be willing to kind of bet some of the non sexy stuff, right? The unders, the nos, that sort of thing. Maybe lay a little, you know, minus money. Um, but if you're willing to do those things, then yes, you can absolutely find uh, some 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 great value. Um, before we kind of before we get into you know some of the picks that we've that we've highlighted, uh, also I, I I do want to get in my soapbox for a second. We are in the year 2023, and it is impossible to find some props. Like if I know I'm looking for a certain bet, and like one of my go-to's usually is where there'll be three unanswered scores by the same team, and I'm going all these different books, and it's under game props for one book it's under novelty props for another book it's under scoring props at another book one book they had will there be three straight unanswered scores on one page and then will there be four unanswered scores on a different page like those are those are basically the same thing and they're on they're on different pages so end of rant i I mean there there has to be a, a better way but it is it's it's really still not that easy to search or or find a specific prop you're looking for yeah, that's the last example you gave where three scores in a row is on page A and four scores in a row is on page B. That's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll I'll leave that book uh, unnamed. But um, yeah, makes there there's no there is no rhyme or reason to some of the stuff. But um, let's. I thought we would go down a little action report uh, about uh, some of the bets that have been taken uh, over the last week. Um, I thought first we would start with uh, with the Gatorade bath. Uh, you know, Sammy was was definitely on top of it last week. Um, still offering value if you believe that no matter what, Eagles will be dumping yellow or, or Chiefs will be dumping orange. But um, it's funny in that in the interview last week, he mentioned how you 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 could probably get them at you know five to one or six to one, and nah, that's that's not the case, right? So the sports books and the betters are probably slightly aware of all this, but um, so uh, at MGM. The yellow slash green Gatorade opened at plus 350 and has now been bet down to the favorite at plus 275, uh, surpassing the original opening favorite of orange. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I think that makes sense if the money's coming in on the Eagles, right? Totally. Yeah, I mean, great. Um, Clearly, Sammy is not the only person looking into what color the Gatorade bath of the Eagles that's been poured yeah, on us. and. And I, I too also noticed that they dumped yellow slash green on on Sirianni when the NFC Championship. So um, I, I I think I think a lot of people picked that up. Um, moving on to another uh, kind of famous prop bet every year is the coin toss, which still kind of boggles my mind that people would lay juice to bet on the coin toss. It's like, hey, literally, how about let's go outside? We'll flip a coin, like, and for even odds, not minus one hundred four odds or whatever. Um, yeah, but. Good. Yeah, um, it's it's like black or red, you know, at the roulette table. It's uh, obviously to your point, you're you're getting worse odds betting on heads or tails versus black or red. But you know, there's there's always that bachelor party that walks right up to a roulette table every every Friday afternoon and puts you know five hundred on black. Sure. Yeah. No. It's a it's like a 
you know, it's a good omen thing, right? It's like it's like if we hit this, then you know, then we've we've got a good omen for, for the rest of the game. Uh, I will I will say the roulette also not great because you always have the the greens as well. So uh, even though the red black pays even odds, it's not you know you you, you throw those greens in and it's, you know basically the same thing. Yeah, um, it's, so, it's so correlated to how Patrick Mahomes are going to perform on the field, obviously. Yeah, well, I know you saw that 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 stat. The team that has won the coin toss has lost the game the last eight years. So you know, if that doesn't prove anything, I don't, I, you know, I don't know what what will. Um, yeah. Which, by the way, you actually, I did, I did find that you can't bet that at DraftKings. You can bet, um, you know, will they win the coin toss, win the game, that sort of stuff. DraftKings does does have props on that if if you feel like those two things are are, are correlated. Um, but just uh, quickly on the coin toss. Um, and this and this kind of wraps into another prop that that's that's taken off. Um, according to Caesars, uh, in the previous years, the, the the prop bet that received the most number of bets was the coin toss. However, this year there have been fifty eight more times uh, bets on Super Bowl squares than on the coin toss. So um, squares, we all love them. It's a great Super Bowl party game, um, but you know there's nothing more frustrating than like you know, having to go around to the party and try and get all the money, see who's in, you know, you have to fill up all the squares and then, you know, you end up getting stuck with a bad square, but you can literally go to sports books now and pick your own squares, right? If you're like, I want Eagle seven chiefs three, you know, for the, the final score square, like you know, obviously the, you get the odds are correlated to the, to the probability outcome. But um, I think it's fascinating that 58 times more, that's uh, so far at Caesars or on squares than on the coin toss. Yeah, I mean, I, I use that analogy all the time. Like, you know, growing up in Chicago in the suburbs, we'd go to my uncle's house every single Super Bowl year. And, like, my grandmother is betting Super Bowl squares. My mom's betting Super Bowl squares. Like, these women don't – they won't bet 50 cents on the outcome of a Bears game. But all of a sudden, Super Bowl Sunday rolls around. It's a social thing. Right. It's like if everyone's doing it at this party, then I'll put 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 30 bucks into that hat and I get a randomized square or I get to pick my square. I've seen both, um, you know, uh, formats used, but it's a social thing. I get it. It's it's just a fun thing to do with the other 25 people sitting in the room. Yeah. Um, and I would say mostly, you know, the moms and grandmas, it's like, all right, here's ten dollars. Just tell me if I win or not. You know, like you're, you know, oh, uh, give me, you know, pick my, you know, pick my squares and then tell me if I win or not at the end of the game. Um, moving on, um, here are the top five most bet player props at at DraftKings. This is by number of bets. Number one, Mahomes over one and a half passing touchdowns at minus two ten. Number two, Quez Watkins under one and a half receptions at minus one fifty five. Number three, Jalen Hurts over one and a half passing yards at minus 105. Number four, Kenneth Gainwell over 18 and a half. So that passing touchdowns, not yards. Yeah, passing touchdowns. Sorry, yeah, passing touchdowns, uh, minus 105. Number four, Gainwell over 18 and a half rushing yards, minus 135. And uh, number five, Miles Sanders over uh, 58 and a half rushing yards, minus 125. Um Four out of those five overs, all of them minus money. Um, so if uh, if you're part of the fade the public squad, uh, you can you can probably get some good plus money on on betting the unders on some of these things. Uh, and uh, you probably only need to hit you know two of the five to uh, to turn a profit. But 
anything stand out to you there? That Quez one is interesting. Um, he's super talented. He's very, very fast, Quez Watkins is. But obviously, you're, he's going to be fourth fiddle at best. Devontae, A.J. Brown, Goddard, and then him, maybe. They do throw the ball to Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell as well. Um, yes, yeah, so I would probably agree with the under on that. I do think they're going to... Th- they're going to score in this team. Like I don't trust the Kansas city DBs in the slightest. Like the way to beat this team is, is throw, but Philly and Jalen Hurts specifically needs to get the passing lanes open by running the football. So they're going to do both. Um, but I, yeah, I would agree with the under on that. And then I would take, I also would take the over on Jalen Hurts passing touchdowns. I think he has two. I would, I would bet that over. Um, Miles Sanders having yeah. over fifty nine, I would bet the under on that. I don't he he usually doesn't go off. He has a he has a lot of touchdowns. They give it they give him the rock and honestly, they give it to Boston Scott, they give it to Kenneth Gainwell, all within that within that um within the five yard line in the red zone. So yeah, I would I'm I probably would agree with four out of those five, but not on the Miles Sanders over. Yeah, well I mean if you think the Eagles are gonna pass it all over the Chiefs, then you you know it'd be hard for them to you know for all the receivers to go over their props and all the rushers to go over their props as well. So um, that, that's smart to like to pick a strategy, right? Be like, look, I think the, you know I like the receivers and the over on the passing touchdowns, but then taking the under on on the rushing yards. Yeah. Um, next, uh, the prop bet that has received the most money. Um, you know, in terms of dollars, is the no for will a quarterback have a reception? So basically, like a, like a Philly special. Um, the no opened at minus six fifty, and now down to minus twelve hundred. So uh, definitely some people out there laying the wood uh, on the on the minus money. But um, yeah, I mean, sort of a Philly special. Yeah. Do you know what the S is? Um, I mean, if the no is minus twelve hundred, then I think you're probably looking at you know plus seven hundred, uh, seven fifty on the yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the Philly special has been so overblown now ever since that that Patriots Eagles Super Bowl that. Uh, I, and also, it's like when when you've got good quarterbacks, why would you take the ball out of their hands, right, and expect them to like run a route? Like it just that's not. I feel like. Reed and and Sirian are, are are smarter than that, and and there's no there's no more catching someone off the surprise. Like the, the surprise is done. Um, so yeah, I, I I agree with that, but I also would not lay minus yeah. twelve hundred on that. Yeah, would not lay minus twelve hundred. I would throw a, a small unit on the yes. The reason I say that is how about the the hook and ladder that Andy Reed ran last week? Like what was that? I was stunned. That they, uh, I think it was to Kelsey, and then Kelsey Kelsey pitched it like six like six yards to his left. Um, so that was I was stunned that they ran that. They're running something like that in a game that you know they were favored and they're supposed to be the the kings of the AFC. Like I could see Andy Reid clearly will get tricky, and then I could sh- I could see Shane Steichen getting tricky too. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't like minus twelve hundred. I'd have to look at what the yes is and maybe find a. If there's like, if you give me double digits, like ten to one odds, like I'd throw a unit on that. Just because I, I kind of take the counter to that. Like, yes, they're both good quarterbacks, but they're both super athletic. So like, put them, you know, get them in space. Um, Jalen Hurts can obviously catch. <laughs> if Nick Foles can catch a ball, <laughs> Jalen Hurts can catch a ball. 
Yeah, but you know, Nick Foles also wide open. Um, and not to get too technical, but that hook and ladder play, I don't think that counts as a reception if you pitch it back, right? Um, right. No, it has to be a forward pass. It has to be a forward pass, yeah. yeah. Agreed. Um, Agreed. The, the biggest prop bet so far taken at Caesars, $35,000 on no at minus 1,400 odds that a kickoff or punt will be returned for a touchdown. That bet has a potential weight of $2,500. Uh, I'm sure there will be way bigger props uh, as the week goes on, but so far $35,000 that there will be not be a, a kickoff or a punt return for a touchdown. Um, we'll get to my story about laying wood on, on a minus money, but uh, and I, how I learned that uh, it, it is just not worth it uh, to, to, uh, to do that. But uh, someone had this expression years ago. It's like, picking up a nickel in front of a steamroller, right? Like mm-hmm. you see a nickel sitting on the ground. You're like, Oh, like, let me go grab that. And then for whatever, you know, you end up getting steamrolled, right? Like it's just the, the upside is not worth the, the downside there. Totally. Totally agree with that. Um, yeah. And like, I, I get this gambler's perspective. Like the, the kick return game is not great. Like Quez Watkins is fine. He's fast, but he's like, not that um, good side to side. And I think they like kind of alternate him with Devonte Smith. The Eagles do, and then the the Chiefs put out um, the looks like his name Sky Moore, like he was mm-hmm. the one that got the Chiefs into position on that last drive. He had ripped off like a thirty five yard return, but he's still not that good. Like he was wide open down that sideline. So um, yeah, I'm not I'm not in love with either team's special teams uh, big play capability. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, like I said, I I agree with the bet, but would not would not lay the uh, the juice just in case it, it does happen. Um, and then lastly, action on the action report, uh, here are some of the biggest movements uh, at on prop bets. Uh, Mahomes passing yards opened at 280 and a half. It is up to 294 and a half. That 280 and a half was way too low. I think most people would, would be betting on a 300-yard game or, or somewhere thereabouts. Uh, and then the uh, another huge movement, the number of Chiefs to have a rushing attempt has gone from four and a half with the over opening at plus 170 to now the over is minus 190. So that is a uh, gigantic um, movement uh, for something to open a plus 170 and then, and then get to minus 190. So uh, that is once again um, an example of how uh, if you're on top, you know, if you, if you, per, you know, like uh dive through these numbers when they first open up, like there will be some mistakes. Right. And clearly four and a half was, was way too low. Um, or at least the, the juice was way too low. Um, I, I, I like the theory on that, on that over and, and that'll kind of, uh, I'll save that for my staker swap, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a, I, I can see the chiefs, the strategy being to run the ball, uh, in this game. Yeah. I'm I'm running through my head. So Kelsey, Mahomes, Pacheco, McKinnon. Yep. Um, you know, Sky Moore, just, you know, like any yeah, name name the other seven receivers that they have, MVS or give it right. give it some right. of the so whether it's like a, a jet a jet sweep, um, yeah, obviously Mahomes with you know Mah- you know, Mahomes, two running backs, uh, you know, and you know, maybe a couple um, you know, wide receiver sweeps. Yeah, I mean, Andy, um, about two minutes ago, Andy Reid is certainly known to do stuff like that. So that's that's not crazy. Yeah. Um, 
So uh, that's the action report. Again, I'm sure uh, there'll be, you know, the the big bets start coming in uh, the week of. So I'm sure there will be a lot more fascinating, um, you know, five and six figure prop bets. Again, that's not on the game, but on just other ancillary things. Um, But I thought we would get into a little uh, story time um, about some of the the Super Bowls in in previous years. And I'll start with a story of my own. in regards to the the 2014 Super Bowl Broncos versus Seahawks, um, I, w- I was living in downtown Vegas at the time, and I, you know I, I was working in sports betting, and I'd been reading a bunch of articles about how you know what the odds for no safety should be, right? You know, given the the probability of it happening, and how and how uh, how different it was being offered at sports books. So basically, it was like a no safety should be minus thousand, right? In terms of uh, the probability uh, that it won't happen. And I was, and I kind of got in my head. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm a sharp now. I live in Vegas. I work in sports betting. I'm going to try and get down the most amount of money I really feel comfortable with and probably even more than I felt comfortable with on no safety. And not because I'm going to win a lot of money because I was laying, you know, such, such, you know, minus money, but just because I wanted to feel like I, I'm getting a ton of value. So I'm going around to all these different, sports books in downtown Vegas, I was getting no at minus 550, minus 500, minus 450. But and I'm, and I'm betting like hundreds of dollars each time. And it, it, it definitely added up. And uh, so then I, I, I go to the Super Bowl party uh, with, you know, my, my, my then girlfriend at the time. And there's some friends there, some people I hadn't met. And I'm going around, I'm telling everyone, right? I'm there like an hour beforehand. I'm telling everyone, yeah, I work in sports betting. This no safety was crazy, you know, crazy odds, crazy value, you know, all this stuff. I'm, I'm getting the square set up, right? So I'm, I'm Mr. Sports betting, right? S- you know, sit down, game kicks off, Seahawks kick off to the Broncos. Uh, first play from scrimmage, the ball, Peyton Manning in shotgun, the ball gets hiked over Manning's head. Seahawks recover in the end zone, safety. And then there's all these people in this room that, you know, don't know anything really about that much about football and they just know safety. I was going around saying the word safety. So everyone's like, so everyone's like, Oh my God, like you hit that. That's crazy. Like you, you nailed that. And in, you know, the most polite way, but I probably was not polite. I had to inform everyone that no, actually I had the exact opposite and I lost way too much money on that. And it completely ruined the rest of that night. Like I was, I was just, I was just done. And the lesson, one of the one, you know, and, and granted, I probably had thought I learned this lesson before this, but the lesson is, and I see a lot with, with friends and, and other people, is that just because the magnitude of the game is bigger does not mean you need to bet more, right? There, there will be more games, right? You don't, just because this is like the big game of the year does not mean you then need to bet multiples of what you usually bet because it's this you know bigger game. There will be more games in the future, right? So, um, yeah, that was that was definitely a, a hard pill to swallow. Yeah, it's like if you're that if you're like feeling really 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 good about a bet and you want to go like ten units on it, like why not pick three bets that you really like and put three units on each one? Like I'm I'm down with increasing a, a marginal unit size for this game. It's fun. Every like the world is watching this game. It's, you know, the last game, the NFL season, we're not going to have football for another, you know, eight months, but like, just, just, you know, step on the, on the break a little bit. Don't, we don't need to go that many units on your favorite bet. Cause it's, it's sports and we have no idea what's going to happen on Sunday afternoon. Right. 
Um, and especially when it's these minus money things, and it's like, I, w- I didn't stand to win a whole lot of money, right? So let's just say, for example purposes, I bet $1,500 to win 300 Would I feel, if it won, would I feel that much better winning 300 than if I just bet 500 to win 100 No, it's more just about the fact that, like, yep, yeah, easy money, called it, whatever. Like, so Totally. totally. What's the the, the losses sting way more than the wins feel good. Right. That, that extra $200, like, that's, that's a round of drinks that night. Who cares? Right. Um, so, yeah, so that, that, that's my personal story. Uh, another story I love is you and I sitting in the Venetian sports book uh, ahead of the 2017 Super Bowl, uh, Patriots versus Falcons, which uh, I think we all know how that, uh, how, how the, the second half of that game played out. But um, this kind of, this kind of all goes back to, um, you know, line shop, learning, you know, us kind of really learning about line shopping and some of the extents that professional betters will go to 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 line shop and, and find the best odds. And so we're sitting in the, in the Venetian sports book. Uh, we end up striking up a conversation with uh, this guy roughly around our age at the time. He's with a bunch of his friends, and one thing leads to another, and we're talking, and we come to find out that his, you know, this guy's brother and his brother's friends, you know, basically this crew of like nine or ten people. Um, that and and again, this this guy we met, he he's a professional sports better. He had nine of his friends uh, that he would strap with cash and go basically disperse to all these different sports books, not just in Vegas, but also in Reno too. He literally would make some of these guys get in a car and drive like the nine hours each way to Reno because there are books there that, that have different lines that are not in, in Vegas. And, you know, he's banned from a lot of these books or he doesn't want to raise enough flags. And so in order to get as much down as he, as he wanted to on some of these things, he would, he literally had this this team of people that he would disperse, and uh, but yeah, I, and I'll also never forget his brother being like, you know, I told him after last year, I'm not doing that drive to Reno again, and then you know the guy was like, yeah, he's he's going to Reno, like he does, he doesn't have a choice. <laughs> yeah, I uh, you know he's still remain friends with that that crew today, and again, like that kind of brings me back to my first point about this whole week is like you can if you're studious and you shop around and. Um, you can pick these books apart sometimes. Um, these these guys are are caught with their pants down if um, just because they just have to hang so many different numbers. Like you got you got a risk management team of six guys. They got to manage eight hundred props. Like it's difficult. It's a difficult thing to do. Yeah, and so and and I tell those people uh, too, like because they don't understand necessarily what goes into being a professional sports better. But you know, I, I tell people. And also, they don't realize how many number of bets these professional bettors make. And I have to tell them, well, first of all, I'm not saying you should do this, but professional bettors make so many more bets than you than you realize because their feeling is if you have an edge in a sport or a conference, let's say, then you want your sample size to be as big as possible because you know you're like if I've got a you know a 65% edge you know in this in this one thing, whether it be prop betting or you know. Swack, you know, college football or whatever, something you specialize in. The the objective is to try and get as much down and among as many bets as possible, so that you have a big sample size, so that if you do win, you know, sixty percent of your bets in that in that category, then that'll mean more money versus making five bets and trying to win three out of the five. Now, again, I'm not saying for recreational betters to go do that, but uh, it is something that 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 most people don't understand about what it takes to be professional better. It is trying to get as many bets down on as many things for as much money as you possibly can. 
Totally agree. Um, Spanky had a funny quote last week. Is uh, Spanky's just a professional sports better. He typically is like a scalper, meaning he just will arbitrage certain books and make a really small percentage of guaranteed money every um, you know every weekend. Big big college basketball better, for example. And he's like the most common question I get asked by people is who's going to win the Super Bowl, and he's like, who cares. You know, right. and like that's that's the answer of a professional sports better. It's like this game is just another sporting event. Like we're uh, these people whose lives are are based on trying to find edges. Like this is the last edge. It's certainly on the outcome of you know Eagles minus two. Um, you know the actual outcome of the game. Like you're ne- that is the sharpest line ever because there's just so much cash getting wagered on this game on Sunday. Yeah, and. uh if you ever meet a professional sports better, one of the first questions they will ask you is, do you, do you have any outs I can use? Meaning like, do you have a connection to a, to a bookie I can get an account with? Or like, do you have an, you know, do you not have an account at a, at a certain sports book that I can use? Like you're always looking for, to basically use, to get access to more accounts, right? More outs, more different places you can bet because you never know when you're going to get shut off at one or, you know, want to arbitrage at one thing after another. So they, they are always looking uh, for, for outs. Um, the next story, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll go through this quickly, but, uh, that same year, uh, that, that Patriots Falcon Super Bowl, uh, we met a guy, we were, we were at the Caesars Palace book. Uh, this is back in the day when we would just go, you know, book to book, spend 12 hours a day in the book, just trying to, you know, rub shoulders with, with sports bettors and, and you never know what's going to happen. And sure enough, we're, we're standing in Caesars Palace sports book. It's, it's the the day before the Super Bowl, and we overhear a guy talking about uh, a massive Falcons future that he made uh, last time he was in Vegas visiting during the season. Uh, I forget exactly how much he was going to collect, but what, like 100000 50000 something? 200000 It's 200000 yeah. Um And we overheard him. Uh, I believe we talked to him, we talked to him for a little bit, and then we – we, you know, jumped back, we jumped out of line kind of, and we called a bunch of our buyers that we had, uh, you know, prof- uh, speaking of professional sports better saying, Hey, we've, there's potentially this ticket. This guy wants to sell, you know, what will you pay for it? We fielded offers, got him the, the, the highest offer possible. I believe it was what, like 65,000, $75,000, yeah. $75,000 offer. And we went back to that guy, had it. And we wrote a check out and we said, Hey, here's a check for $75,000 for that ticket. Do you want to sell it? And he thought about it for a little bit, but uh, you could tell, you know, even back then it was this note, like this piece of paper, this ticket means so much to me. Uh, and, you know, I'm going to do this for my parents and I'm going to do that. And, um, yeah, no, you, you, you dealt with him more than I did. Yeah. I, you know, we come across these situations that, every month and to me like if you only have one ticket like and of course as we always talk about if you if you have one ticket and you have the capital to go make a hedge bet on new england like fine like we as as long as you're hedging on the outcome of your sports bet like i'm happy like i'm fully support your decision if you as long as you make a hedge bet in this situation a he didn't have the cash to hedge but then b he had multiple tickets he had like five or six different tickets. It's like, dude, take take twelve thousand for one of those tickets and like lock in something. You've came so far to this game. You're playing against Tom Brady. Like you've just you've got like 
just it's been six months of work, quote unquote work, and you're finally in a nice position where you can guarantee yourself some money, like sell one or two of those tickets. And that was that was my biggest were my, my biggest miss like just misconception or like just where we just didn't see eye to eye, like your inability to want to hedge a little bit of that. I'll just, that will never comprehend in my brain. So obviously the game, they're up 28 to three. And I think he texted me when they were up 28 to three and it was like, Oh, like prop swap stupid or some snide comment. Um, and we obviously know how that ended. So yeah, I just, again, like, uh, and we actually should talk about, let's talk about that big Eagles ticket before we wrap this podcast up, but uh, that we have currently this year on prop swap or, you know, we are friends with the owner, but you know, th- that guy just had so many different tickets. And that's why we started this go for two campaign, where if you have, if you want to make a sports bet at a local sports, book, just make two tickets. So you give yourself some options as these tickets improve in value. So that was, that was my biggest issue with his, uh, his approach. Yeah. And, and, for someone who had never, you know, this was 27, you know, early 2017, for someone who had never heard of Prop Swap and was never really expecting to hear from us, he, he was a very respectful guy. And, and I think that, you know, we had a, you know, a cordial understanding between the two. But yeah, I mean, it was just, it was just unfortunate turn of events, not only that the bets lost, but just in the fashion that it, that it did lose. Um, but yeah, no, let's, let's talk about those, those Eagle tickets right now. So um, you, you're in contact with someone who owns two massive Eagles tickets that, that he made uh, preseason. Yeah. Yep. Um, so ten thousand uh, at thirty to one. Um, so yeah, we are working on an article. Um, he is a very wealthy person. Uh, excuse me, five thousand at thirty to one times two. So ten ten thousand bucks at thirty to one. Um, it would pay three hundred ten thousand if they went on Sunday. Uh, market value is. I looked it up. 176, I think you, you texted me. Yeah, uh, one, one, using minus 125 is 172,000. So he could turn 10,000 into 172,000. Um, he believes that 80% of the time the Eagles win this game. Um, and, you know, this is a guy that has a ton of capital to bet in Kansas City, but it seems like he's not. So that would be, you know, we, we disagree on that, on um, his approach to Sunday. Like, that's something. Um, so we'll see, man. I'm rooting for him. He's a, he's a friend. We, you know, he's a big investor in some of our uh, companies that we're friends with in the space. So he's in a really, really good position. His, his thing is, like, he's been so correct so far in this playoffs, and it, like, never happens. He's like, I predicted that. Um, Kansas City would beat Cincy. I predicted that um, Cincy would beat Buffalo. I predicted that the Eagles would get here. Like, I've just been correct, correct, correct. Like, it's this never happens, and I'm going to get bet eventually. So that's his only kind of uh, reason he's second-guessing himself. But uh, so, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm so for him. Hopefully Darren Ravel writes an article this week, and we can all uh, all be happy if, if they uh, pull it off for him. Yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, and, and he's got two tickets, so he could, in theory, he could sell one and, and still and still have a, t- a ton of upside on the Eagles. Um, I I totally understand where he's coming from in terms of the fact that like he has been so correct on on the Eagles all season long. I remember prior to the Niners game, he was like, "I'm not worried in the least," and then of course they end up blowing them out. Um, but I would point him to the Circa Survivor contest where there was three guys heading into the last week. Right, they were all undefeated. But you know, one guy lost, right? He was he was he just was wrong uh, on the last weekend that cost him literally 
couple million dollars. It cost him two million dollars to. And granted, I think he he hedged some, but um, you know, the, the, I can point him to recent examples of someone who is the hottest you could possibly be, and then you're wrong once, and it and it costs you millions. So um, there's no there's yeah, no hot streaks for gamblers. Like you're this is you're not you're not you've been. All, all of a sudden, on year number seventeen, you figured out that you're a good handicapper. Like, that's BS. Well, and you know, there's just so much var- var- uh, variance too. Whether it's the officials or there's injuries, like you know, there's there's just gonna be there's just things that are completely out of your control. You can handicap it correctly, and then if Jalen Hurts goes down the first quarter, then what? You know, like what? Where's your insurance there? Uh, oh. And then just the last thing I'll say is, I am sure that he is looking at these tickets as in. I stand to lose $10,000 if the Eagles lose, not I stand to lose $172,000 if the Eagles lose. But yes. that whole that whole topic is a, is a story for, for another day. We don't yes. have to go into that whole uh, mindset. But I, I, I can just tell that that's where he's coming from. Um, Darren, and I'll just last thing on this story, Darren is really good at saying, like, you realize that you're giving up $172,000. I'm hoping that he'll ask that question if this goes down. Yeah. Yeah. it's We hear it every day. Um, and then last story uh, before we get a staker swap, just because, you know, uh, this, this Super Bowl reminds me somewhat of the, the Rams-Patriots Super Bowl where everyone was just so psyched up, uh, you know, for the offenses, right? You got Tom Brady versus the offensive guru, you know, Sean McVay, uh, and that game could not have been more of a dud. 13-3 uh, to 3 final score, and... I was just kind of reminiscing about it and thinking back to how literally the most exciting part of that game was the fact that there were guys out there and, and one of them actually um, ended up posting it uh, on prop swap. There were guys out there who had gotten no touchdown to be scored at 500 to one odds. Um, and I found some quotes from, from Jake Cornegay uh, from the Westgate uh after the game, he goes, uh, quote, we didn't have big money on it, but I kept thinking that if I had to pay this out, it would be the worst result on a prop we've ever had. Um, and uh, I, I should mention that the had no touchdown score in the first half at 100 to one, and that hit. So they already paid out on that. And Jay Cornegay is sitting there in the fourth quarter thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to have to pay out these 500 to one tickets, and this is going to be a disaster. Uh, and that's a lot for him to say that it's the, it would be the worst result he ever had on a prop. But, um, but yeah, uh, a guy listed his $10 ticket uh, on PropSwap at halftime. Um, if I remember correctly, it ended up not selling because he priced it too high. Obviously, he was, you know, thought it was, tr- you know, the, oh, this, you know, this trending towards no touchdown. Uh, and uh, Sony Michelle uh, scored a two yard rushing touchdown with uh, seven minutes left to go in the game. And that was the first, the last, and the only touchdown scored in that game. Um, but, uh, and then last thing on that game, too, there was a better uh, at the South Point who bet 100, or sorry, he bet $250 at 400 to one odds that the Rams would score exactly three points. And that paid out a hundred thousand um, dollars, and I'm sure that guy had made other props of the same thing. But that is insane uh, to win a hundred grand. Uh, again, I mean, it was like who? No one thought the Rams would score three points, right? It was the total was you know extremely high. But there's other people who are like, well, look, Bill Belichick's a great defensive coach, and and he he can be in Jared Goff's mind in in a heartbeat, and that's exactly uh, what what happened. Um, but yeah, just just. Another example of how prop bets can turn an uninteresting game into uh, into a great game. Yeah, yeah. So that was the, that game was in Atlanta, and that was the weekend where I met Scott Van Pelt. And his initial reaction to prop swap was, "I would never sell my bet." 
And I'm like, all right, like, what about if you got minus three, you know, go back a couple weeks ago, you got Dallas playing against Philly, you got Dallas minus three, and the spread moves to minus five. It's like, would you sell that? I was like, would you sell that? He's like, all right, I might. And then fast forward to this game, we were texting on that on the Sunday, and I'm like, all right, if you could have bet $10 that there would be no touchdown scored, and you could have sold that for 3500 in the third quarter on PropSwap, you're telling me you wouldn't do that? He's like, all right, like, Maybe that's an example of somewhere I'd sell my bet to. So I'm like, all right, there are, I, you know, don't, don't just immediately say I'll never sell my sports bet. Like there are, I have many more of these, Scott. So um, there are examples where, you know, bet a little to lock in a lot. And, you know, it's a bet that you never thought you were going to hit. Like, why wouldn't you sell that in the third quarter? Yep. Um, so yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so while I did open the podcast by saying there are traps, um, in these prop bets, I do think that there. Sometimes you can you can spot a spot a long shot uh, that uh, may fly under the radar, whether it be you know three three points exactly or or no touchdown scored. Of course, Cornegay was quoting the article saying. I will never make no touchdown score at 500 to one ever again, uh, which is inevitably what always happens when these long shots uh, come close to hitting. It's like, yeah, there's like, yeah, we'll just, we just will never offer that uh, ever again. But, um, you know, I don't know uh, any, you know, before we get into stick or swap, any, any long shots that, uh, that kind of stick out to you? Yeah. Um, going back to the trickery theme between these two Coaches, um, will there be a fake punt or a fake field goal? Is thirty-four to one on FanDuel right now? Either team, fake punt or fake field goal, you can get thirty-four to one odds. I, I, that's a nice one. I, I like it. Um, all right. Uh, without further ado, uh, it is time to get into stake or swap. Gonna do staker swap a little differently this week. Uh, I thought we would just give me and Luke will give out our favorite uh, prop bets, um, and, uh, and then if the other person think you know wants to, they can uh, they can throw out throw out some comments. I will just say notable or honorable mention. I usually bet, um, like I said earlier, you know, will there be three unanswered scores? Uh, but I just was not seeing the value yet. Uh, some sports books had it minus one ninety, minus one eighty. Um, but I, if that gets down to minus like one fifty or minus one forty, which is usually what you see with close games, right? If there's a big spread, then people then then you'll get the the big minus money on the yes. But I was surprised to see minus one ninety on a game that's a one and a half point spread. You know, minus one ninety that yes, there will be three unanswered scores by one team. So that was a little heartbreaking for me that I'm not going to be able to bet my favorite prop. But hey, again, do a small unit. I was just going to add in like I remember you've explained this to me a few years ago. Like just remember to factor in that this goes through the half, right? So you could score right. at the end of the second quarter. You get the ball back. You know, say you score a touchdown end of the second quarter, you get the ball back, get a field goal, fumble, punt, whatever. You get another field goal. That's a winner. So yep. you know that that is the the key is that it not it doesn't have to be only with siloed into one half. It will cross the halves from the second to the third quarter. Yep. And uh, it I went back. It has happened six out of the last ten Super Bowls. Uh, it, it has happened. So sixty percent clip. But again, that's why I'm looking for like minus one forty, minus one fifty, and I'm not willing to lay uh, minus one ninety. But the other thing that I could do in, in place of that is 
uh, the largest lead of the game will be over 14 and a half points, uh, plus 120 at, uh, at Westgate right now. That At some point, uh, a team will be leading by 15 or more, uh, plus 120 at, uh, at Westgate. Yeah. Um, but That's all right, uh, time to get into our, our, our props of the year. A lot of pressure. Um, Luke, you go first. What is your favorite Super Bowl prop? Okay. Um, favorite sticking with Eagles. I'm sure uh, this is now exhaustion. People that listen to this podcast all year. Um, Eagles for the first touchdown, their first touchdown to be rushing. You're getting plus money at plus 128. Um, I think there'll be a, a relatively balanced team. I think they'll they'll take some shots deep with A.J. Brown. I just don't trust the KC defensive backs, but... This team, once again, the red zone, loves to run the football. They love it. They do not throw the ball very much inside that red zone. So Eagles' first touchdown to be a rushing touchdown is plus 128. I'm staking that prop. Yep. Uh, I, I like that. Even though I like the Chiefs, I do like that because, A, you know, it doesn't mean that the Eagles need to score first, right? It's just talking about what their first touchdown will be. Uh, B, it's not player specific. As someone who had Miles Sanders on his fantasy team, I, you know, he had plenty of touchdowns, but I also he got vultured by Boston Scott uh, and Gainwell plenty of times too. So it's not player specific. It's not, you know, necessarily they have to be the first to score. Uh, and yeah, I could see a, you know, a pass interference that you know puts him down, you know, in, inside the five or whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like that. Or you know, or it's a, you know, it's a Hertz, you know, QB draw. So um, I love that that. The, the the number of options that that gives you um for my prop um so i'm going here with the thesis right uh the i'm whether it works or not i believe the chiefs game plan is going to be to try and run the ball more than passing in just in terms of what they're used to right so the eagles defense is first in passing yards allowed and first in yards per pass allowed however they are 15th in rushing yards allowed and 24th in yards per rush. So I think that the game plan is to just try and run the ball more than, you know, they the do normally and, and pass less just because that's the, literally the strength of the Eagles defense. So this is kind of a twofer, but I'm going uh, Pacheco over 10 and a half rushing attempts and Mahomes under 39 and a half passing attempts. Uh, again, I'm going with the attempts versus the yards because I'm just going under the thesis that, that this is going to be their game plan. Maybe not. It may, maybe it won't work, right? Maybe Pacheco. They try, you know, feed the ball to Pacheco and he's getting stuffed. But they're gonna they're gonna give him more carries than 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 uh, he's used to. Yeah, I don't think you're crazy for thinking that um, that the that the Chiefs are going to come out and run the ball. Yeah, I I will also stake that um yeah they're they're gonna take shots but i agree in terms of volume will they be running the ball or throwing the ball more like i agree with you that they'll be running the ball more um so i'll i would stake that as well yeah um now look if they end up going down by multiple scores you know throw the game plan out the window um and, you know, or, if, you know, if, if it's not working, throw that game plan out the window. But I just think that uh, you got to come into this game looking to run the ball in Philly versus thinking you're going to necessarily uh, beat them uh, off the pass, just given the given what the, the strengths of that of that defense is. So good. They're, they ball the Eagles ball hawk. Well, I can I, I haven't looked up the, the picks like Patrick Mahomes picks, but I think he'll be good for one, if not two 
interceptions. They they hawked the ball well. Hassan Reddick's been a game wrecker. Um, so I I agree. I think I think they'll be focused on the run game. Yep. Well, uh, that will do it for uh, the prop swap, Propapalooza. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Enjoy the game. Bet responsibly. Do not do what I did uh, with uh, betting outside your means on a on a no bet on a big mi- minus money bet. Um, enjoy the game. Uh, have fun. Uh, please subscribe. Leave a rating, and we will definitely talk to you next week after the game.